On this episode of the Fretzel Mania podcast, we have the Backlash from Backlash 2002, featuring the debut of Randy Orton. Also, Al Snow, Maven, and Billy Kidman go up against Billy, Chuck, and Tajiri. Rikishi tags with Edge to go up against Kurt Angle and Albert. Also, Triple H versus Chris Jericho to determine the number one contender for the undisputed title the following week on SmackDown. It's Fretzelmania 64, and it starts right now. It's Fretzelmania 64, and before I jump into painting and wind up on Bob on Battlefield, a little bit of house cleaning, a little bit of Monday Night Raw from the week before this, and a little bit more. Guess you all noticed last week uh, there was no podcast. Uh, work was real busy. I didn't get a day off. You know, I don't have a problem with that at all. I'll work all day, every day, no problem. Uh, we had an ice storm up here. And it caused our deliveries to uh, to delay a lot. <laughs> like Sunday's coming on Monday, uh, Tuesday's coming on Wednesdays, and Wednesday stuff coming on third. You get it. By the time we hit the weekend, everything was kind of caught up. But with more snow on the forecast, I can only imagine that this is going to happen again. I also have some time off coming in the summer. Uh, some of you all know exactly what I'm alluding to, but I'm not going to share what that is on this podcast quite yet. So stay tuned for some uh, relatively big news in my life. Now we have SmackDown from April 25th, 2002. But first, Monday Night Raw from April 22nd, 2002, the day before my 18th birthday where I went and saw the Scorpion King in theaters with uh, with my good buddy. And it was a good time. I mean, we were, we were both wrestling marks looking forward to The Rock's first starring role. Now, I think uh, Dave, my friend there, he was kind of starting to fall out of wrestling a little bit. Like, we had stopped uh, watching pay-per-views in his basement. You know, he's the fabled... My buddy Dave, whose basement I watched every pay-per-view in in the Attitude Era... And a lot of pay-per-views in the Ruthless Aggression era as I'm going to progress through this. You know, we went to McDonald's beforehand. We got some we got some food. We went to the theaters and just, you know, had a real good time. So this episode of Raw took place from the Savas Center in St. Louis, Missouri, the hometown of somebody that is debuting on this episode of SmackDown. So Monday Night Raw featured Brock Lesnar with Paul Heyman defeating Matt Hardy by TKO in just over three minutes. This was when Brock Lesnar was using the F5 followed by the triple powerbomb as a finisher. Rob Van Dam defeated Mr. Perfect, hmm, Jazz and Molly Holly defeated Jacqueline, and Trish Stratus. The newly formed Odd Couple Tag Team, Strange Bedfellow Tag Team, shout out Willie T, of Booker T and Goldust, <laughs> get in, defeating the Dudley Boys, 
that being Bubba Ray and Spike, because Devon is now on SmackDown. William Regal defeated Sean Stasiak in three seconds. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And in the main event, Stone Cold Steve Austin and the Big Show against Scott Hall and X-Pac of the New World Order ended in a no contest because Swerve Bro, once again, the Big Show is a member of the N. W, oh my God, no. AEW's Revolution is on March 6th, a week from the day that I'm recording this, actually, and the card is just, holy crap, it is stacked. I have already ordered this show on my Fight TV app, so A, I don't forget to, and B, I don't forget to <laughs> and see because I'm having potentially some company over to watch it and we're gonna have a good time with this one so we have Jade Cargill defending the TBS championship against Ty Conti and as much as I want Ty Conti to win here I think Jade is uh, gonna have a monster run with this title she is of course the inaugural TBS champion and I don't think that she's going to lose this for quite a while yet. Ty Conti would be a good shout as the next champion but yeah, I think it's it's going to be Jade here. The Andrade Hardy family office holy crap that is wordy as hell featuring of course Andrade El Idolo Matt Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy with Mark Quinn and Jose the Assistant. I take it Mark Quinn is injured? Or they want to build a certain kind of story here, which I think is what is going to happen here. Going up against TNT champion Sammy Guevara, Sting, and Darby Allen. Now this is where I see Matt Hardy completely abandoning himself from the the family office here because i think a certain relative of one matthew hardy just might be making his appearance here and uh i knew he'd come i knew he would yeah so sting darby and sammy are gonna get though the win here and i think there's gonna be an angle after the match, which of course would feature Brother Nero. And dear God, I hope this is uh, more Broken Universe stuff. Because Matt Hardy has been kind of acting kind of crazy during his uh, family office matches. Even kind of mimicking the way that Jeff Hardy exited the WWE. I think in reality he was just taking pot shots at his former employer but also giving uh, giving us marks just a little Easter egg for something to follow. Matt has done a little bit of his broken shtick in AEW, and it has been mostly good, other than that street fight against Sammy Guevara, where they almost died. And speaking of almost dying, <laughs> this match is going to take years off of both of these guys' lives, and... 
Then they're going to team up after and form a super death faction. And that is, of course, Brian Danielson going up against John Moxley. This is going to steal the show. This match is going to slap so hard. There's going to be blood. There's going to be, like, bones probably snapping. There's going to be blood. There's going to be... Did I mention blood? Yeah, this is this is going to be an awesome friggin' match. And this little team that's been alluded to every week where Danielson's like, yeah, we got, you know, this guy's hanging out with a dinosaur. This guy's hanging out with a dude who puts his hands in his pants and shades on. You guys can be so much more. Like, who, who was it he was referring to? Uh, Lee Moriarty? He had a belter of a match with him just pounded the piss out of him and i think he had one with um uh, daniel garcia as well which was <laughs> brian here is putting out arguably some of the best work in his career better than almost anything he did in the wwe i'm not diminishing his wwe run because i mean it was great but look back, looking back, this is also very reminiscent of him and Ring of Honor going up against Takeshi Morishima and, oh, wow, his name just left my brain, Nigel McGuinness and Claudio Castagnoli, who, ooh, we could see him pop up somewhere, but I don't think it's going to be AEW because AEW's roster is uh, bloated. It's like... It's as bloated as the NWO was in 1997, and it's starting to worry me. For the Tag Team Championship... Oh, did I mention who was going to win here? Uh, Danielson. The Tag Team Championship. The Jungle Express, that being Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, and Luchasaurus, challenging Red Dragon and a team to be determined this week... On Dynamite with another Battle Royal. Like, couldn't you make the last two teams in this be the challengers? Or this next one? Or, or have a tournament, for goodness sake. You have enough tag teams there. Literally everyone in AEW has, a, has an accountability buddy. But the last team's going to be the Young Bucks. But I think... Oh, I want Red Dragon to win here. I really, really do. I kind of think Jungle Express just might retain here. Because Red Dragon and the Young Bucks, again, I predicted them being the third team, are kind of both buddy-buddies with uh, Adam Cole. Adam Cole's in uh, Rock in a Hard Place here, or in a Dragon and a... Yeah, I tried making a bad bad joke about that. But yeah, toss a coin to your Witcher... It's going to be the Jurassic Express here. Did I say Jungle Express earlier? Oh, my brain. Chris Jericho versus Eddie Kingston, who is, of course, accompanied by Jericho's former mates in the inner circle, Santana and Ortiz, having a little bit of a OG's reunion from Impact Wrestling just a couple of years ago. Of course, that was LAX and the OGs. I forget who was who in this feud, but I know it was Homicide and Hernandez 
versus Eddie Kingston and Santana and Ortiz. And they had a match where uh, they took off the ring apron and it was just all the wood. And it was brutal. They also had a hell of a street fight. And an angle where a 12-year-old kid got shot. Yeah, that happened. Impact Wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. Eddie Kingston's winning this match. You know, based on the promo that they had last week on Dynamite when uh, Jericho was just basically telling him, telling Eddie that you're not good enough, you're never going to win the big one, and I'm the big one. I could see Eddie eventually, good Lord, hopefully, getting the TNT Championship out of this somewhere down the line, having a title run of some kind. Heck, why don't we get that trios title that's been friggin' rumored since the promotion started and get the uh, the LAX OG guys here with the belt. Belts. The Face of the Revolution ladder match featuring Keith Lee, Wardlow, Powerhouse Hobbs, there's a lot of beef here, pal. Ricky Starks, Orange Cassidy, and either Pac or Buddy Matthews. And that is, of course, that brass ring on a pole match, get, which gets you the TNT Championship match down the line. Whew. As much as I want to pick Keith Lee, I think we could really see... Hmm. You know what? I'm going out on the limb here, and I'm picking Wardlow because of reasons with MJF and Sean Spears and the whole split thing, and then MJ, yeah, and then MJF beats him for the title. I'm fantasy booking as I go here. This is going to be a long freaking show. Women's Championship: Britt Baker DMD versus Thunder Rosa, and this is where I think. The reign of the great dentist, not Isaac Yankum, is going to come to an end. This feud has been going on and off for the better part of a year, maybe more than that now. I swear they had some kind of cinematic match or a street fight or something during the pandemic era. But Thunder Rosa is finally going to cement her place in this company as the women's champion. Dog collar match. MJF versus CM Punk. I mean, I'm picking Punk here because the promos. Even when MJF was on Dynamite crying about, you know, Punk abandoning him. You know, when Punk quit WWE in 2014. And saying that, you know, he was bullied and this and that. And, you know, Punk was his basically his hero or something and him just crying on cue which i mean mjf mwah, chef's kiss perfect stuff here oh punk's gonna kill him this is gonna be as good as if not maybe better than valentine versus piper in the dog collar match from starcade that's a very hard match to measure up to because that was a banger and a half i think i actually reviewed that back in the day yeah mj oh punk winning here but i want mjf to win here so bad and in the main event battle of the atoms 
Hangman Adam Page, the AEW champion, defending the title against Adam Cole, baby. And as much as I want Adam Cole to win this match, this is Hangman's first pay-per-view defense since beating Kenny Omega for the title at, what was it, Full Gear? I forget what all their pay-per-views are during the year. <laughs> yeah, Page is winning this match. I imagine we're going to see something on the buy-in with, like, I don't know, the best friends in Danhausen going up against the Acclaimed or something like that. But, yeah, this is going to be a really good show. I'm really looking forward to watching it. I will probably tweet here a little bit on and off, but, uh, as I said, might have company over. Chill out. It's only going to be my cousin, not a girl. I mean, me with a girl. You might as well call Satan and ask if hell is freezing over if I'm watching wrestling with a girl. <laughs> so, <sighs> SmackDown, April 25th, 2002, The Backsplash from Backlash. The new champ Hulk Hogan comes out to cut a promo saying, you know, 18 years after I won my first WWE title and birthed Hulkamania, Long applause. Hogan chants. Probably a you deserve it chant thrown in there for good measure. Hulk Hogan's like 49 years old here. There's a promo here talking about his return, his title, blah, blah, blah. He gives Triple H a rematch for the title. Ron Howard voice. It doesn't happen. And he says that... Uh, Triple H is the, the best I've been in the ring with. And Triple H comes out to interrupt. He respects Hulk, but he will take his title back. Vince McMahon then comes out. The very same Vince McMahon who is rumored to have a match at WrestleMania 38 against Pat McAfee. What? Saying that, you know, I make the matches here. I make the rules whole chance right on the arena and I make the shut up Vince McMahon is uh, do you want to see Triple H versus Hulk Hogan no it's like, I'm here to clean up Smackdown and get rid of the criminal elephant element criminal elephant well we had a photoshop guy for this one <clears throat> the match won't happen Triple H is a criminal, says Vince McMahon, because Triple H was arrested on Raw for assaulting The Undertaker. And also because he didn't give Chris Jericho a one-on-one -on -one rematch. Chris Jericho did technically get a rematch for the title, but it was a no-DQ handicap match pitting him and Stephanie McMahon Helmsley against Triple H on Raw, which led to Stephanie being kayfabe fired, at least for the time being. Vince McMahon tells them that uh, Triple H is a criminal and uh, that he is uh, going to clean up SmackDown and get rid of the criminal element as Triple H was arrested on Raw this past week for assaulting The Undertaker backstage. And he also said that you didn't give Jericho a rematch, 
Triple H, so you don't deserve one against Hogan. And then he tells Hogan that I'm not going to deny you the chance to defend your title, but you're not going to do it tonight. You're going to do it against the winner of Triple H versus Chris Jericho next week. And the number one contender match between H and Jericho is tonight. Backstage, Chuck is giving Billy a massage. Rico then gives tips to Chuck to do it better. I could use a massage. I am sore. I am tense. Scoliosis is a bitch. Tajiri and Tori walk in and interrupt. And then Billy Gunn begins speaking racist Japanese English. And Rico tells Tori that she has no fashion sense. Tori is, of course, still begrudgingly wearing a kimono. Get it? Because Tajiri is Japanese and a misogynist. Get it? And this fashion advice is mostly for Tori's head. It's too hot. More, more likely her forehead. It needs a Billy Bandana. 2002, folks. Al Snow, Curtain Jerker Maven, and Billy Kidman go up against the tag team champions, Billy and Chuck, and the new cruiserweight champion, Tajiri. There is a sign here that says, I have a Craven for Maven, and Craven is spelt the same way as the cigarettes. All of a sudden, I wanted to smoke, but not really. Tajiri sets up Maven for a kick, but is then distracted by Rico, who is looking up Tori's skirt. And then gets slapped for it. Of course, don't be perverts, guys. God, we have Billy versus Billy. With a DDT, Chuck Palumbo lands a jungle kick on Billy Kidman. Al Snow gets tagged in. This match is, of course, a classic six-man schmoz. Billy and Chuck both get pantsed, revealing their bright red thongs and are chased away. And then Rico is trying to uh, woo them back into the ring here, who then also gets pantsed on the stage by Tori, the tag team champions and their stylist, all pampered to the back, and Billy Kidman lands the shooting star press onto Jerry for the win. Kurt Angle is backstage talking to some random security guard about his new t-shirt that will be unveiled tonight. And then he makes fun of this uh, portly guard, calls him fat, and says, oh, you must be a local. Backstage, a debuting Randy Orton meets Vince McMahon and Stacy Keebler. Big time foreshadowing here with the pairing of Stacy and Randy. I've been listening to the RA era podcast, the UK variant of the Ruthless Aggression podcast, and they've gotten to the point where Stacy Keebler has been accompanying Randy Orton to the ring. They've been having a little bit of a fling as of late. This is a few years down the line after this, like 05, I think. And it won't be long before Randy RKO's her and kills her legend? 
shout out to Michael Ragg and Big Sexy Dave Burnham. This is an open invite, lads. If you're hearing this, this is an open invite to be on Fretzelmania during the Ruthless Aggression era. Also to Levi and Kyle and Jake of the U.S. variant of the Ruthless Aggression podcast. I want to have all you guys on here separately. I only have so much bandwidth. <laughs> so, or Vince here puts over the Orton family, talking about how great his father was and how great his grandfather was, and shakes Stacy hands like, "Whoa, you have a big hand." You know what they say about big hands. <coughs> Anyways, Stacy then, you know, does the elevator eyes, the walk around, critiques the body. And uh, Randy, I think, tries to teach her some kind of hold here. It's a hand-on-hip maneuver, or Stacy tries to teach Randy a maneuver. The flowering lotus, but <clears throat> not that one. Um, a hand-on-hip maneuver here. Vince McMahon walks in, and Stacy blatantly lies by saying that Randy felt her, felt her up, blah, blah, blah. And Vince McMahon books him in a match with Bob Holly. We'll see how well that goes. That lying... Anyways, here backstage, Mark Henry bends a skillet. And a steel rod. And then Christian lands a cheap shot here, setting up a match later in the show. Hardcore Holly and Randy Orton. This is, of course, Randy's debut match. In the WWE. This is almost 20 years to the... Wait, it's February. And this show's in April. My dates are way off. So yeah, 20 years that Randy's been in the WWE. He had his first match in the Fed during WrestleMania X8 Access Weekend in Toronto. As a matter of fact. The legend killer here is born. And the Scorpion King is number one in the theaters that Michael Cole and Taz had to put over here. And Randy here is doing the solid fundamentals. Great chain wrestling, takedowns and all that. Learning from the best, learning from his dad. Attaboy. And uh, Bob here is uh, initiating young Mr. Orton into the fold here. Because as we know from Tough Enough, Bob Holly ain't a fan of rookies. And he's probably not a big fan of Randy here. So Randy goes for a crossbody from the top rope. Bob Holly reverses that. And then there's a bit here where Randy Orton, Oklahoma rolls Bob and wins his debut match. Setting up a little feud here he's going to be having with Bob over the next little while. Backstage, Kurt Angle's shirt is uh, under a blanket. And he's... Talking to someone here about the about this shirt, and uh, he wants it to be in National Geographic, and he puts over it all while Edge is in the background with a bag, and then coming back doing the like the th- the uh, the thumbs up, you know, like the uh, the mockumentary, like the office thing, looking at the camera, going like, and walking away. So, <sighs> Edge messed up the shirt. I wonder what it's going to be. We're going to find out now because Kurt Angle is coming to the ring to unveil his new shirt. He calls Peoria 
Something that sounds like a urinary infection. <laughs> oh, dorky Kurt Angle is the best. The best. <laughs> Edge wants to come out here and uh, congratulate Kurt on their match at Backlash. You know, you're the better man. You got the better of me. And I'm here to see your new shirt. Congrats, man. So you have the, the whole drum roll bit here. And the shirt reveals... You suck. <laughs> and Kurt doesn't know it's that yet. Because he's still putting himself over. And putting the shirt over. And Edge is in the background just going... <clears throat> not keeping a straight face. And then Kurt finally looks at the shirt. And then uh, Edge is like, you know what? Play play the music. Or someone says, play the music. And Kurt's like, no, 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 wait. You suck. This feud's awesome. And it's going to get even better. We got a Raw recap where the number one contender to the title at Judgment Day. The Undertaker is on Raw, promising to be the champion. Triple H then jumps him and smashes him with a monitor several times, goes for a hammer, but he is tackled by the police. Mark Henry versus Christian is up next here, and uh, immediately, like, Christian goes to lock up with Mark, but Mark just Keith Lee yeets him out of the ring here. Big splash and a kick out, and Mark Henry has the Von Erich Claw, on Christian, who reverses with a low blow, goes for the unprettier, but Mark Henry reverses that into a bear hug for the submission win. Kurt Angle talks Triple H and Hogan with Mark Lloyd. Chris Jericho says that he is larger than life and better than Hollywood Hulk has been. He says he's beaten Triple H. He's beat Hogan. No, no he'll, he'll beat Triple H. He'll beat Hogan. He'll beat The Undertaker. Triple H was only a champ for four measly weeks when I was the first undisputed champion and for four glorious months. Tag team match action coming up here with Rikishi and Edge going up against Kurt Angle and Albert. Michael Cole and Taz say that The Rock is on Letterman tomorrow. To plug the Scorpion King, Ahu Mashente. And tonight, SmackDown is brought to you by Blockbuster. Oh, how I miss Blockbuster so much. Taco Bell. I don't miss Taco Bell because I've only had it twice in my life. And let's just say that it didn't feel very good. <laughs> and Clearasil. For your zits. You really know your audience, WWE. You really do with tacos and zit cream. And movies. <laughs> Albert has that really nice, crazy strength. Double underhook hanging suplex onto, onto Edge. Good lord, if he did that to Rikishi. <sighs> we see a press slam to Edge. Spear to Albert. An angle slam reversed into a face buster by Edge. Rikishi gets the hot tag and power slams Albert 
also hits Al with a Samoan drop. And then, for some reason, does the earth, earthquake running butt splash. You know, the Richter scale. That, that move that he used to do. And if I'm not mistaken, around this time, or maybe a little bit before this, uh, John Tenta, Earthquake himself, was doing dark matches on Raw and SmackDown against people like uh, Joey Abs. Maybe it was just because he was uh, he was on on hand and he was an extra, or maybe they were filming in Vancouver, where John Tenta was from, and they said, "Hey, you want to do a dark match here for your hometown?" Okay, so it was really kind of a neat little not tribute because Earthquake hadn't been dead yet. But a neat little nod to uh, someone who I imagine is his friend. Because, well, Earthquake would have wrestled his dad a lot back in the day. The stink face is denied. And Kurt Angle impressively hits the Angle Slam to Rikishi. There was a spear to Kurt Angle. We have a schmoz here. And Rikishi eats both a bicycle kick and more impressively... The Baldo Bomb by Albert onto Quiche. And the heels win this match. Reverend Devon is seen backstage hyping himself up in front of the mirror to preach and get some tithing from the audience here. Devon is seen in the crowd then passing around the collection plate. And then a Sinner, in parentheses here, steals the collection plate who looked up, who looked a lot like a jacked up version of Rodney from the Mean Street Posse. And finally, he tackles him down. And I seem to think here that he needs a deacon. Every church has a, well, most churches have deacons. I've been kind of one. Not really. Kind of one, but not really. Uh, Devon beats the thief and then begins quoting the Bible like, Thou shalt not steal. I thought he was going to do the three deadly commandments that were, Thou shalt not kill. Ha! Thou shalt not steal. Ha! And thou shalt not mess with the Dudleys. And backstage, security wears Kurt Angle's new You Suck shirt, and Kurt Angle throws fit. Main event time, Triple H and Y2J to determine the number one contender next week on SmackDown. And this is just like every other Chris Jericho Y2J match that you've seen, but with the roles reversed, with Chris Jericho playing the heel and H playing the the face. This, of course, breaks out into a schmoz. Undertaker gets involved here. He screws over Triple H. Uh, Chris Jericho wins with the tights. And trip, and then, you know, Taker comes in here with a big choke slam. And uh, with, a, with a chair, with the walls of Jericho. They go for that chair in the throat bit that Undertaker used to do where they wrap the chair around your throat and then like run you into something to make it look like you broke your larynx or something. But really, it it's, no, it's nothing. Hulk Hogan makes the save here and uh, 
It looks like we're in for another this Tuesday in Texas with The Undertaker and Hulk Hogan on a collision course in 2002. My gosh. Whew. That's going to be a doozy. So that's been it for this edition of Fretzelmania, folks. Be sure to follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Fretzelmania. That's F-R-E-T-Z-L-E Mania. Follow Wrestle Addict Radio at Addict underscore Wrestle on Twitter. Wrestle Addict Radio on Instagram and on Patreon. Five bucks a month gets you exclusive access to a whole bunch of stuff. Uh... I didn't get to my Fave 5 from the Elimination Chamber because I didn't watch all of it. And I don't plan to. So maybe you'll get a Fave 5 out of AEW Revolution. But that's only on Patreon. Five bucks a month. Get you access to that. Join us on Discord. Links will be in the description below for that. Our Articles of War is up. You never know what's going to be on there. And of course, listen to... The Young Lions Perspective, myself, Fretzelmania, and the Kings of the Rings podcast live streaming every Wednesday evening. TTFN, ta-ta for now, and uh, pray for peace in the Ukraine. Cheers. <laughs>